So yeah, this morning we wanted to get a little elders panel going to talk about vision moving forward at Hot FM. So I'm glad you all came. If you haven't read through this vision packet, this came out in 2020. Um, I want to encourage you to grab one and read through it, okay? Uh, the vision is not changing, okay? There's uh, no right-hand turn, left-hand turn that we're going to take, but there are certain places or certain things that we feel necessary to emphasize that the Lord has laid upon our heart, and so we're going to do that this morning. Uh, before we get going, though, I did want to just uh, say that I really do, and we really do love you all. We love this body. We love what the Lord is doing. We feel really encouraged about what God is doing in this, in this body, and so thank you for your yielding to the Lord. It's not just you're yielding to us, you're yielding to the Lord and his leadership in your life and in the life of this body, and that's what really matters. If we can gather together and if we want to be one, it takes all of us yielding to Jesus, and I feel like we, we're doing that, and we're doing it well. So let's keep on yielding to his leadership, let's keep loving each other, and uh, the Lord will continue to have his way here in his church, because he's not a guest, he's the owner. I hope it's the same for you when you go to your house. He's not a guest in your home. He owns your home. You know what's good when Linda says goodness. That's right. Let me pray, and we're going to jump in this morning. Father, we come before you, and we yield our hearts, and we ask that you would speak to us by the Holy Spirit that you would make things clear, that you would remove confusion and fog and heaviness, and you would cause us to walk uprightly, that you would cause us to walk in the joy of the Lord, that you would cause us to walk under your pleasure as we seek to obey your word and to give you what you want and to do what you want us to do. So, Lord, we yield our opinions and we ask for yours. We ask for your thoughts. We ask for your counsel. We ask for your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Dave, what you got? It's, inter it's interesting that uh, Brandon just said <clears throat> that we yield our plans to him and that we follow whatever he says. I was speaking with somebody just the other day, and I said to this individual, I said, you know, we all have great ideas and intentions and goals and all of that, but all of our best plans don't even compare with what he's got. And I know that when we think that we have a great plan, the tendency might be a challenging where you want to hang on to it and not release it to God. And this is what we do on a daily basis, I hope, is we give our plans to him in exchange for his plans for us. And looking at last year, just want to look at last year, um, 
and the things that God did here, just some, just some, and make you aware of it in case you're not aware of it. I think that one thing that stood out to me, um, and Mick isn't here, but Sonia will tell on me. But in December, when we let the different departments handle the service um, on each Sunday, the youth and the young adults service was absolutely powerful. Absolutely powerful. And um, I believe that this is a progress report, what we have up here. And so we gauge our progress. We look at where maybe we didn't quite measure up or we'd like to do things different or whatever. Um, but I believe that God is moving in our young people and the testimonies that you heard and what you saw and participated in in the services was absolutely incredible. And if we're going to use the word progress report, if we take a look at our young adults and our youth, Hello. Hello. We deal with things every day around here and not complaining at all. But that was progress. Demonstrated, you saw the power of God in young people's lives. May it be a challenge to all of us adults to do the same and allow the same. Another thing that stood out to me, and, um, and then I'll let someone else pick up, is our marriages in our, in our congregations. Um, everybody who's married knows that that's a process, and we make progress. Anybody with any square sense in their head, as wonderful as your marriage is and my marriage is, I'm not going to settle to stay where it is. Just not going to do it. And um, marriages have been restored. Um, I think of Benji and Nydia. I don't think that they would mind. But God intervened last year for them in a powerful way. And you've heard their testimony. And for those of you that are visiting, uh, she wasn't even in the state. And God spoke and started dealing with them. And she came back. And um, their marriage is restored, still in progress, as mine and yours is too. Right, Barry? That's right. Um, but God's doing something. And, uh, and so just in a few months, for those of you that are married, you can look forward to a marriage conference coming here. We're going to have one, and uh, we're just going to encourage all the marrieds, whether you've been married a day or a thousand years. <laughs> I think there's a, <laughs> there's a scripture verse. I mean, you know, to God, or a day is a thousand, thousands a day. It's just like marriage. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, Dave, could you, you elaborate on that for Julie real quick? <laughs> I've married to, been married to my wife forever. I know, we tease about that, but 
Dave, you want to tell the story just real quick? We're, we're diverting a little bit. So in Africa, they made you like chief over something. <laughs> what was one of the benefits of being a chief? Wait, that's not on my notes here. <laughs> you guys for the witness of the Lord on he did a shit? No. Go ahead, Dave. Tell so uh, when you become a chief, when you become a chief, uh, as a gift, people give you a wife. I have, huh? Julie said, go ahead and try. <laughs> I have not received an additional wife. And I've not received any text messages that someone is sending one to me. So we're all good. Brandon, go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, marriage conference coming, okay? That's called deflection, isn't it, Dave? At the marriage conference, Dave will I be at the altar. I answered all that I'm going to answer. Okay. Anyway, so, yeah, last year, um, what stands out to me was our response to the church in Afghanistan. Um, I think it was kind of a little more of a spontaneous service and... Um, I think I taught a little bit on it and just kind of what's going on, but our response in prayer to the church in Afghanistan was really powerful. I felt like everyone just jumped right in. Even though it wasn't planned, we just kind of went for it, and we ended up taking up an offering for them in that service as well, and we raised a little over $5,000 to send to the church in Afghanistan. Um, and also what came out of that was a song that we recorded and released and sent it over um, to the ministry that's ministering over there as well. So um, personally, like, I love that stuff. I love doing things that are just not really planned off the cuff, and it's the Lord. And one of the ways you can tell it's the Lord is just the response of the hearts of people, of you. And, um, you know, because I can feel a certain way, and you may say you don't or you do, but nonetheless, just the response in prayer, the response in finances, to me, that's always a sign the Lord is speaking to his people. So I think that is absolutely praiseworthy. Um, also, what stands out last year was uh, baby Lily Dresser. You know, she, I mean, gosh, multiple surgeries, just a lot of things going on in her world. But as a church, we all rallied together praying for her. And I think we, ra we rallied together a little around $4,000 to give to them to help with medical bills and all that food. I think people like, cash app them gas money, sent them gift cards. I mean, from A to Z, I feel like as a church, we really respond well to when, when someone's in a crisis. Like, we jump in there, and it doesn't have to be so planned and prepared. It's like, hey, you hear the need. I feel like in our hearts, we just go and fill it. And uh, that's not normal. That's not natural. That's supernatural. You know, if people of the world, they see someone in crisis. What do they do? Oh, hope you... Wish you luck. But us as a church, as God's people, we actually respond and do something about it. And that's a sign that our love is not growing cold for one another, but it's, it's, it's growing hotter. That's really good. Um, also, last year, multiple cars were given away. I want to say two cars were given away. Like someone saw a need. <laughs> And they're like, here, take my car, and just giving cars away. And it, let, and it trickled down to the person giving their car away. So that's, to me, that is the Lord. 
if you're looking for something like bigger or whatever, I mean, we'll, we'll have those moments, but these small little things, that is the Lord moving among his people. And here's the cool part. It had nothing to do with the elders. Like I, I heard about it. And I'm like, come on, that is the Lord speaking to his people. So that's yeah. awesome. Can I just put just a little perspective onto that? So you, I'm so proud of this body and many people. I really am. This last year, you and this body have given over $40,000 to benevolence. For a body this size, that's phenomenal. And the happiest part of my day is writing those checks out. Just, just No, I'm not, I'm not kidding. That, that's phenomenal. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. They're all like, who needs this stuff? I want Jesus. Let's just go for him. And, and, and that spirit of release is a powerful indicator of the kingdom of God in our midst. It's beautiful. Lot, I mean, we could give you instance after instance of people where you have reached out through your heart and blessed them. And it's beautiful. It's powerful. Literally we get to write, this is such a beautiful privilege, we get to write thousands of dollars every month away to benevolence to bless people and to help them. That's because of you guys. That's your heart. That's a response to the Spirit of God in you, and it's beautiful. So thank you. And so, and so just continuing on before Brandon shifts um, to our local outreach here, we give regularly. Um, I was looking at the... Um, the sheet this morning um, to missions. We gave over $30,000 last year outside, away from here. If you will, no, benef no benefit to us, at least in this life, but there is an eternity. But we were able to give over $30,000 to people overseas that we never went and did it. They went and did it. They're doing it. Brandon? Yeah. Um, also, last year, we released a worship album. So, yes. That was a couple years in the making. That got released. And uh, Allison was watching some of the statistics on, like, you can see where it's played and how many times it's played. And it was definitely played all over the place. I think some of the more popular places were... What was it? Okay, it's different every week. Oklahoma. There was one time like California, New York, uh, Tampa, Orlando. I mean, it was, multiple times it was played more in other places than it was here in Lakeland. So um, that's, that's, that's a witness to the Lord just doing with it whatever he wants. The goal is not to become famous and popular and really cool. The, the goal is to give the Lord what he wants. And we feel like those songs, that's what he wanted. And so we did it. And we let him deal with the, the what it, wherever it goes, we let him deal with that. So that's really awesome. Um, what else you guys got? Well, I'm just really thankful for this. I'm super grateful for this worship team. Y'all with me there? Like, this is a blessing to have a group that's not about star power, not about getting records signed, all that stuff, but about worshiping Jesus in spirit and truth, and it's beautiful and it's powerful. I'm so grateful. I was thinking this morning, God, I'm so grateful to be part of this body and what you're doing here, but the, the heart of these people on the worship team is beautiful, and it's powerful, and 
everybody in this body, when you join in and when we're joining and lifting one voice to the Lord, like he's being glorified in a powerful way. It's beautiful. So I love it. Okay. So let me just take a minute to share what we're going after here. It's not a new vision. It's an old vision that's as old as God's heart in redeeming people and bringing them to himself. The purpose starting out with the tabernacle, build me the tabernacle as I tell you to do it because I want to come and dwell with you as my people. And then all the way through scripture, he sends his son who is Emmanuel. God dwells in him in fullness so that when he dies and gives his life on the cross and raises again from the dead, he can create a people that can become that temple to inhabit the Lord. And the process continues on through to the end of the book of Revelation when it says, and God will dwell with his people forever. That is his heart. He wants to dwell in our midst in fullness, in power, in glory, and in beauty. It's not about anything else other than that is the core. That's what he wants. The Father desires that. He's made that known from the beginning of biblical history all the way to the end when the city comes down from heaven and lands upon the earth. Let me just read you just a few verses here in Ephesians 2 that kind of give a succinct and concise um, definition to what the Lord is after, and because that's what He's after, it's what we're after, right? We want to give God what He wants. Um, church is not about giving us what we want primarily. We get a lot of what we want in the process, but the main thing is the main thing, which is what He wants. Here it is, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. For through Him we both have our access, speaking of Jews and Gentiles, in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building, notice this, being fitted together, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. That word temple is really significant, obviously, it flashes you back to the temple in the Old Testament and God's purpose is there. But in the Greek language, there's two words for temple. One of them means the whole temple and all of its complex, and the other one means the inner sanctuary, the holy of holies. That's what this word is. God is building us together to be the inner sanctuary that houses His presence. So amazing. That's what He's building us together, but you get the part of building together. He's taking us as living stones connecting us to each other so that we will be that inner sanctuary that contains his presence, his glory, his power, his beauty. That's what we're going after. Um, in whom you're also being built together into a dwelling of God. It means a permanent dwelling of God in the spirit. That's what we are. We are a dwelling place of God. That is what we are at our core, and that's what we're seeking to be in its fullness. And so there's, there's basically three different ideas in, in the church, I think, um, particularly in charismatic circles that I've run in pretty much since I was saved. There's three different ideas of how, how do we get this? How do we build into this? How do we attain this? And so I think the first one is, and I'm going to say this, and none of these are evil or wrong in themselves, but I think there's one that clearly is more sustainable and more scriptural. Okay, so first one is to chase it. 
What does that mean? When there's a revival somewhere, I'm going there. I'm going to go be part of that. I'm going to go to Brownsville. I'm going to go to Azusa Street back in the day. Wherever, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to experience the presence of God dwelling among His people because it's been produced somewhere else, so I'm going to go there and be part of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is sustainability, right? If you know history of revival, you know that they all fade, and a lot of times the churches that host them end up being destroyed by them. That's just the real truth. Um, that's not really sustainable. I'm not saying it's not good to, to glean from and go and breathe in the presence of God in other places. I'm not saying that that's not a good thing, but it's not sustainable. It's not really the picture that Scripture paints of how we do this thing. The second one is I call it to import it. So we bring in the anointed man of God into the place, and he's going to bring the fire and catch everybody on fire. Then we're going to start burning. But the problem is he's got to go somewhere else because he doesn't live here. So he's going to go back to his house, and the fire's going to burn and be sporadic and spurt for a little while, but then it's going to go back to the baseline of what that community actually was anyway. That's a reality. So the problem with the first two, it's not wrong to bring people in. We do that. It's not wrong to go and be part of something else that is demonstrating the power of God. We, we're not against any of that. But the scriptural way, I believe... And what this passage talks about, and many others that we could talk about, Ephesians 4 and others, is, is to grow it and to nurture it here. We want to grow and nurture an environment where God wants to come and inhabit and dwell in our midst. That's what we want. How do we do that? By giving Him what He wants in all kinds of ways. Our relationships are central. Why are they central? Because we're the living stones that are built together. If you don't build the stones together, then the temple doesn't get built, right? So how many know this causes a lot of Conflict, tension, things rise to the surface, right? Covenant community. How many have been tweaked in trying to do covenant community in your heart? Come on, the rest of you liars. <laughs> You're not honest. This, this is God's mercy. I was talking to a friend this morning about it. This is God's mercy in covenant community where he reveals things in us that rise to the surface, and we go, nah. And he goes, you see that? I want to help you get rid of that. That's the mercy of God. That happens in covenant community more than any other context. So it's beautiful. In the process of building God and what God wants and giving Him that, we're actually becoming sanctified and holy at the same time. See, that's a win. You get that as a side benefit because you can't build covenant community unless we're all being processed at the same time. And nothing processes us like relationships and close relationships. And the closer they get, the more they process, right? Dave, with marriage, with raising children... So amazing. So God is a genius, and he's building us together because he could have come and dwelt in a tent or a house like he did in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, the genius is there's all kinds of benefits that come from him making us the temple itself. So our heart here, what we're wanting to do and what we're going after is, is to grow it here to grow it and to nurture it and to have the atmosphere in heart of the Father that invites the presence of the living God, that gives Him what He wants and that doesn't resist the things that He wants so that He's not grieved. I believe with all my heart and soul, 100%, that there is a grace here in heart of the Father to do this.
I believe it, 100%. There's a grace here to do this. Now, I want to read you another scripture that's uh, relevant for this. This is in the parable of the sower. And this is Luke chapter 8, verse 15. I'm going to read to you. But the seed in the good soil, how many want to be the good soil? They want to be the good soil. The seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Here's the verse we don't want to read at the end of the parable. So we're 30, 60, 100 fold. Yes, Lord, that's me. I'm 100 fold. Okay, but let's go back to what Jesus said it's going to take to do that. You have to bear fruit with perseverance. So what does that mean in building covenant community? What it means is at least two things. There's going to be resistance. It's going to be hard. You're going to want to quit. Right? That's what perseverance means, right? You wanted to quit, but you don't because you know that there's a greater good that you're going to keep pursuing. So it means that there's going to be resistance, and it also means it's going to take some time. Right? Would you agree with me? In the kingdom of heaven, that's what Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of heaven's like. To bear fruit, you have to persevere. So in building covenant community, in becoming the dwelling place that God is going to inhabit in His fullness, we have to be in it for the long haul. And we all have to be engaged in the process. And so what, one of the things that we want to do this morning is just to reiterate, this is where we're going. We want to be the, a place. We are called the temple not just our body, every person individually is, and every expression of the body of Christ is also that temple, the inner sanctuary of God's presence. We're going there. That's where we're going. We're not going to deviate from this. This is where we're going from now on. This is where we're going because this is what we were made for. This is what God wants, and He's made that very clear. So, I'm asking everyone in this body again, to engage with your heart in the process. This isn't about building a name for heart of the Father. Certainly not build, about building a name for the elders. One of the things that I delight in a lot in being part of this eldership team, this is really true. I hope it doesn't sound self-serving because it's really just honest truth. None of us are ambitious for ministry. We don't have any desire to have likes on Facebook. I mean, no, nothing like that. We just want to give Jesus what He wants. That really is true. It would be good to get you a Facebook, Barry. No, it wouldn't. Should we get Barry a Facebook? No. Instagram? No. Sorry. First they go for the iPhone, now the Facebook. Okay. I've done the iPhone thing. No, for me, so as some of my friends tell me, I get triggered on things. You all know that. You all know that that's not true. But um, I would for sure get triggered if I read Facebook every day. Like, that would not be healthy for my soul. Because I would get agitated and triggered, and if I got on that horse, it wouldn't be a good thing. So, uh, so that's a firm no. Um, so, let, let's go there. I'm inviting, if you're, if you're not involved in building and in finding the stones that you're supposed to connect to, I'm urging you to do that. Don't allow what is common in the culture of the West, and especially America, of spectator Christianity, YouTube Christianity, Facebook Christianity, where we live vicariously through somebody else. We don't even have a relationship with them. But yeah, you can find the greatest preachers. You can find the greatest worship teams. You can, as far as performance goes, 
on those venues, but that's not what we're doing. This isn't about entertaining us. This isn't about coming and go, man, they're an amazing singer. It's not that. This is about giving God what He's worthy of. We sang the worthy songs. I, I love, I, I confess to you, I love dwelling in Revelation 4 and 5. I, I just love it. I'm like, I get lost in there. So good. But we're wanting to give Jesus what He desires and what He's worthy of. And so for that to happen, every member, right, has to put in their supply. Every member has to be rightly joined. Sometimes it's hard to fit with other stones, right? Ever find that? It's like, get rid of that. Would you get rid of that sharp edge? But it might be me that has the sharp edge, right? And so the Lord says, actually, look at yourself. You've got the sharp edge. He's He's building us together in relationship, learning how to love each other, not in word, but also in deed and truth, with real depth of relationship, calling us to be built together as that temple because he wants to. Listen, God wants this more than we do. He wants to permanently dwell, fill us with all of his fullness. And so... I'm asking you to engage. If you're not engaged in small groups, I, I get schedules. I'm no condemnation, no beatdown at all. I'm just encouraging you. Would you, would you connect? Would you connect? If you're, if you're on the peripheral edge of heart of the Father and, and you mostly view it as being a spectator kind of a, a relationship, but would you reconsider that and connect from your heart and become part of what God wants to build here. That's what, that's what our heart is. It really is. Um, so I'm reminded of Israel in the Old Testament. And uh, Barry made two points that remind me of two stories about not being frustrated by impatience. And the people of Israel got caught up in being impatient. Moses went up to the mountain to meet with the Lord. And it says, now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. This was a huge moment where Moses is trying to receive from the Lord the commandments and the people of God got impatient. It's not happening fast enough. It's too slow. It's boring. It's this and that. It's mundane. And they went into idol worship. And so it's just a reminder for us as, God, as, a, as the people of God that impatience is a real thing. And that if your heart is frustrated, if your heart is discouraged, um, if it's growing impatient, then I want to encourage you to go to the Lord or find someone around you, come to us, and let's talk about it. But it's absolutely going to require us being patient with the Lord and with one another. Uh, Barry also mentioned about us not being discouraged by the effort it's going to take. Once again, the Lord wanted to send his people into the promised land. They send some scouts over, and they come back with a report, and they don't want to enter in. And it says in Deuteronomy chapter 1, nevertheless, you would not go up, but you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God, and you complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt 
to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brethren has discouraged our hearts, saying the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen that the sons of the Anakim there. So it's another picture of they got discouraged because of the journey ahead. And so I want to, uh, I want to release courage to your heart so that you would not grow discouraged in God's process and what God is doing here. Um, I think the enemy would love to come and just to get us off focus, get our attention on other things, start complaining, start being frustrated, what, whatever it is, to where we become discouraged and we're no longer walking together trying to give God what he wants. So I want to encourage you guys not to grow impatient, to not grow discouraged, but be committed to growing and nurturing what God wants to do here. I remember before I went to college at Florida Southern, they were the worst team in the conference. They were, they were dead last in the conference, and I think for maybe a couple years before I went there, but they were dead last in the conference. And recruiting-wise, like, it's hard to recruit players when you're the worst team out there. Like, no one wants to go there, right? Because everyone wants just to – they want the easy role. Like, put me on the best team with the best players, and we can just go ahead and win it all. But my brother and I, well, hey, like, we feel like we're supposed to be here. So we went there, and, and some other players joined the team as well. But we, in one year, my first year there, we went from the worst team in the conference to the best team in the conference and making the NCAA tournament for the first time in years. And it was so cool and so powerful. Like the, <clears throat> so whenever we were around the coach, and as we graduated, the coach had like a special um, – just a special connection with my brother and I and those early players that came on to help turn the program around because we were willing to stick it out. Yes, we lost some games. Yes, they were the worst, but we were willing to fight. We weren't growing impatient. We, we, we fought off discouragement. And so I think it's a picture for God's church. Sometimes we're like, man, really, what's going on? Nothing's happening. Nothing's going on here. Beloved, things are happening. The Lord is doing what he wants. If we just look up just a little bit and get our eyes off of maybe our lives and ask someone, hey, what's God doing in your life? You'd be surprised. So don't grow discouraged. Don't grow impatient. So moving forward, too, one of the things that we feel like the Lord is stirring and emphasizing for this year coming ahead is, is to build the prayer culture in this body. So that takes intentionality, that takes connecting. And so the, the Monday night prayer meetings are happening now twice a month, now that we've mostly gotten through the COVID season, although it's decimated our, our count today for sure. I know it's spreading around, but um, hopefully we're getting near, near the end of that cycle. But the first and third Monday evening, we have a corporate prayer meeting in the youth room. And it's good and it's powerful. And if you haven't been around prayer culture long, um, that would be a great place to connect and to put in your supply. Prayer meetings and prayer culture is interesting um, in that there's some meetings where you go away and you're like on cloud nine. You're like, that was the most awesome thing. I'm going to be there next week. And then next week it feels more like plowing. And you know what? It's God's way. It's really okay. He's going like, did you come here to get tickled or did you come here to actually pray? I mean, I mean so, but, but this is good for us. And, and, and the prayer culture is not optional 
for the church. We don't come there because we get blessed, although we often do. We come there because God is asking us to partner with His heart, to pray out the things that He wants to do, and He has so ordained His kingdom, He doesn't need us, but He's so ordained us that He won't do it without us. And so He says, if you want it, then ask. Well, why don't you just do it if you want it? Because I want you to ask. And I want you to connect your heart with me. And in that process, all kinds of beautiful things are going to happen. And when you pray together, communities build. And when you pray, all the junk in your heart comes to the surface again. You're like, come on, if you guys have been in prayer meetings, you know that's true. It's, it's all part of God's genius and how He wants to include us in what He's doing. And so I encourage you, first and third, Monday nights, not tomorrow night because of the holiday. Um, but I think we're picking up 31st this next month. So the 5th this month, the, the 31st will be the next one in the youth room. You guys come. Um, put in your supply. Lift the level of the water in the room. Let's cry out to God. Let's connect with His heart. And let's speak forth the things that He wants to do. I know it seems crazy with an all-powerful God that He would ask us to do that. But He clearly does. And if there are things that James says that we don't have because we don't ask, how many things in the life of the church have fallen into the abyss of you didn't ask? That's why. The answer in eternity will be because you didn't ask. So let's not let that be the case in our community. Let's let none of the things that God purposes in this body slide into the abyss of, why didn't you ask? Let's be part of that process. It doesn't matter if it feels anointed every time when you ask, He still hears. It doesn't matter if you feel lifted up every time when you ask, He still hears. It doesn't matter if you're going through something when you ask, He still hears. Because we're asking not in our own name, but in the name of the worthy one who took the scroll and broke the seal. You, you know, this is, this is going to be hard not to get on this roll, but you, you know what the scroll and the seals are? It is the destiny of all history for humankind. Jesus is in charge of it. He's got it. He's the worthy one who is in charge of all of the destiny of everything in the world, including your life and heart of the Father. And now he goes, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. The one who opened the scroll said that. I'm triggered. <laughs> so I encourage you guys to come. And also, also along with that, um, Marie has a prayer text yes. that's out there. Amen. Um, and, and we've talked about it, and a lot of people have jumped on that. And you can still jump on that. And I was looking through my text, um, the different things that we prayed about. And I just jotted a few down. We prayed about people that were in accidents, car accidents. Um, we prayed for our nation. Uh, we prayed for fevers, colds, COVID. We prayed for people facing surgery. Um, we prayed for Dennis on the boat. Remember that? Um, people that were going in for tests, medical tests to be run. But let me, let me say this. This is not a gossip text. 
This is not for people to know, you know, what's going on, so to say. This is for you to pray. And when you get it on your text, not only if you're able to pray right then and there, but look back at it and pray. You know, night and day, day and night. There are some people that only do this during day. There's a whole night season that you can pray through. Well, I want to sleep. You'll sleep. Don't worry. Don't worry. You, you'll sleep. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting this or telling you this without participating. Okay? I do this. I do this. And in fact, last Sunday night, I was up many times in the night praying for a lady that was in the hospital. Saying our body? No. Does it matter? I don't think it does. I'm just telling you that you need to pray and get engaged. And for some of you, this, this is the way God works it. This is the way relationships are built and strengthened. If there's someone here that feels isolated, which the enemy does, discouraged, the enemy does that, disappointed, frustrated, the list goes on and on and on. When you begin to pray for other people, it knits you, it bonds you together. And there's nothing more powerful than another prayer partner or someone else praying with you about one specific thing. Like Barry says, it gets answered. Yeah, and there's also, I want to mention before service at 9.15 in the prayer room, Mama Marie leads a prayer meeting there. Okay, can I tell you guys, like, I learned how to intercede in my life from Marie Jenkins. Me too. Yeah, that's true. She's impacted me more in the area of prayer than any person alive. And um, if you want to learn and you feel like you don't know where to start, consider going back there at 9.15 in the morning and learning how to pray. I love it because he's got whiteboards all over the room, which I love, but they're all filled with Scripture, and we're praying Scripture. Why do we pray Scripture? Because that's what God said, and what we're praying is we're connecting with his heart for what he wants and praying. It's, it's really not that complicated, but it, but it really helps to put it in focus. And um, so if you, if you want to learn and you feel stuck and you feel like, oh, I'm not one of those praying people, like, yes, you are. If the Spirit of God lives in you, you are one of those praying people. Like, uh, so, so that would be a good place if you want to connect uh, or, or learn, just kind of learn where to start. Like, I don't know where to start. That would be a really good place. That's 915 in the prayer room. Um, that was not a paid announcement or requested. It's just, it's just true. Um, I love uh, Marie. She, I consider her my mama in the Lord. Um, she has impacted my life in many ways. So, that's an opportunity for you if you just want to know where to start and, and begin to go there, go there. Come on Monday nights as well, the first and third Monday night. Let, let's fill this place with the fragrance of God and with His desires and connect our heart to what He wants and just let it ascend day and night like the incense. You, you know, we prayed for baby Lily who was born with all kinds of issues and now they call her in the hospital the miracle baby. That's, that's a real thing. Yeah. Through that note, she stood up yesterday on her 
Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. When, when the doctors say never, the Lord just smiles. He does. Amen. Also, for the young adults, we're, we're going to be jumping into a once-a-month prayer meeting Wednesday mornings for the young adults and for um, the college campuses. So that'll start out in February. We're going to be doing um, going into prayer and intercession. So it's not just for them, but we're just going to try to r- rally together the young adults to pray. Um, one of the things that I want to encourage you with as far as prayer is that if you feel like you are your spiritual hunger is tanking or is waning away, get in the place of prayer. Surround yourselves with people of prayer. That will keep your fire going. That'll maybe reignite it um, versus you having to pay or to travel many hours to, to go to a conference or whatever, which is fine. Go do that. But you can just walk 20 feet over here, position your heart, and the Lord can do something. The other, um, another practical thing for a way for you to connect is through the house meetings, as Barry mentioned. Um, you know, so we had just hired Richard on a couple months ago, and, and he gave a really awesome compliment. Um, he said that this is one of the first times he's been in the church with this size and the, the amount of people who actually know each other and who actually love each other. It just caught his attention. Usually in bigger churches, it's kind of like, yeah, we just all kind of, you know, hi, how are you? And we go about our day. But he's like, I can sense the love and the genuine hearts, and, and people know each other. And I attribute that to the Wednesday nights gathering in homes. That is the best, one of the best ways to get to know someone is going to their homes. Obviously on Sundays, there's a, it's, it's corporate worship, a corporate word. There's not a whole lot of time for fellowship. Like, we know that. But that's why we have Wednesday nights, and you also have other nights of the week. So we want to encourage you guys to, uh, to connect there as well. And then just overall, investing in relationships. I really feel like the Lord wants the relationships here at Heart of the Father to flourish. I don't think he just wants us to maintain niceness and being cordial and just being friendly. That's great. We need to do those. But think about Think about the relationships in your life. How many relationships in your life are actually flourishing? Where it's more than just you, you kind of know them, they kind of know you. But when you're out and about, like you're thinking about them, you're praying for them. When you're at the store, you saw something they like, so you just buy it for them and you'll give it to them whenever you see them. You're, like where you're actively putting in a supply into their life. I know for me, I want relationships that are flourishing where love is abounding, and it's just not like maintaining, just keeping connection here and there lightly. I want it to grow and mature and flourish in the Lord. So invest, invest in relationships.